better homes and dungeons. Um, today I've got a really cool guest. Um, the, the the product that he has put out with his team um, is very very cool looking. Uh, I've read the the free sample demo stuff. I read through quite a bit of it. Um, it's a really really cool adaptation, a really cool system. Friend, who are you, and and, and what have you made? Uh, my name's Chance Holsworth. I'm with NorCal Mythos Entertainment. Uh, we're game designers who released our first gaming system last year called Carbine Jungle. Right now, what we're releasing is called Mission Decks. And we have two Mission Decks, one built for 5th edition and one built for our Carbine Jungle system. And what these decks do is really a lot of things, but uh, the most unusual feature of them is the fact that you can play D&D or play Carbine Jungle with out a DM or a GM. So you're able to go through and have the decks kind of run a game for you a bit and have a little bit more cooperative play and get your whole table on the same side for once, which is kind of fun. Also for those DMs that never get a chance to play their characters, they get to try them out finally. The, the forever DMs. I, I was a forever DM for probably four or five years before I think I got most of my crew trained where they'll actually start running games, but it took a while and I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I think a lot of us do. It's like, hey, I've always wanted to play this. Could you run it for us? Um, I wanted to play that too. Oh, sad now. <laughs> um, yeah, so Carbon Jungle, where did that come from? Oh, well, um, I, I started playing D&D with my buddy Mike when I was probably, I think, 12 or 13 years old. And he got me started with this, and we played for a lot of years. And we actually, I think, built our first setting when we were 17. And um, we started gaming with a friend of ours, Nick, when I was probably around 20. Mm -hmm. And um, this was probably about nine years ago. So probably about nine years after that, we're gaming a lot. And finally, and we played around with systems and building settings and all that stuff. And we finally said, you know, let's sit down and actually build one, build a full game system. Because, you know, you play a lot of games and, there's good stuff and there's bad stuff, but we never actually found a game that was what we wanted. So we thought, well, let's go ahead and build a game that we want. And there are probably a lot of other gamers out there like us who would also want a game like that. So we started putting together a game system that had everything that we wanted in it. And Mike and Nick ended up moving out to Indiana for a few years and kept working on it. Uh, Nick and Mike moved back. And when Nick moved back about probably three years ago now, we kind of put the nose to the grindstone and put everything that we've done on carbine jungle together and really kind of got the game system together and we you know kickstarted it last year and it's on drive through rpg right now we actually just crossed a pretty cool milestone we have a thousand products out through drive through rpg as of i think yesterday which was That's really cool really cool so i mean it, they're not it's not all paid products everything else some are rules cheat sheets and the character sheets downloads and all that stuff but you know there's over 400 copies out now of carbine jungle out in the world and we, there's another over 400 of the free version that are out there too so there there's a good number people out there playing our game which is a really really fun feeling so um you, you came up in the in the dnd system like like i think many of us have um what are the things in the dnd system that you wanted to fix with carbine jungle you, well you kind of have to get specific with <laughs> which system because i mean I, i've been playing since second edition and i played basic and first edition uh, and yes. uh with you know afterwards <laughs> i was i had a buddy that was really into the the streamlined systems and so we went through and we did a he ran a game for us for a bit in that but i mean you take a look at all the systems had good stuff and all of them had flaws you know uh, yeah, 3.5 like was, Thaco was uh, yeah. great we should bring that back 
You know what? I, I don't really got as many issues with Thacko. Just counting backwards is weird. Um, that was the only real main problem with it. It's, you know, in third edition kind of fixed that. Like going up is good. It's like, well, that makes sense. But, I mean, all the systems had good aspects and all the systems had flaws. And I think we're in 3.5 or 4. It was like late 3.5 or early 4 when we decided that we we're going to go through and just start trying to make something new. And, you know, 3.5 frustrated us. You got to end game. And, well, basically every single, you know, book that they released was like Dragon Ball Z. Everything was powering up a whole nother level and everything that was before was weaker, mm. which got frustrating. And the end game stuff was really unbalanced for third edition. And that was frustrating. Fourth edition had a lot of cool ideas, but then you added a, a really long drag to the game that slowed everything way down. Um, the the classes are really well balanced, but then they almost all felt identical, which was also a problem. There wasn't enough uniqueness, and they kind of lost a lot for the sake of balance. And I don't know. It's it's we came up with D and D, but we also played a couple different Star Wars systems, and I played Alternity and loved it. And uh, the Dresden Files Fate system, we went through that just because we're big Dresden Files fans. And go ahead. Okay, you had a question. Sorry, I was, was going to say um, I, I've read uh, one or two of the Dresden Files books. They're pretty good. Oh man! Uh, if you've only read one or two, pick up the other thirteen. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge advocate of Jim Butcher. Uh, everything he's written is awesome. Um, I love it. Uh, if I could ever, I, I say this every time it comes up. If I could ever be able to make a game system for the Dresden Files, that would just be like the greatest thing ever. And you know, when we came up with Carbine Jungle, though, part of what we did was. We, we took a look at what we wanted. So we wanted involved combat. We wanted combat that was fun. We wanted you to be able to go through and wade into combat because why not? You know, that's one of the things D&D often does right. We also wanted meaningful gameplay that was outside of combat. We didn't mm-hmm. want it to basically be where you know only one part of the game is really represented or respected. Um, we wanted to have options. We came up with rule sets for uh, Cyberpunk Nor, for... Um, for cosmic horror, for space warfare, for we, we basically put in rule, rule subsets for almost everything. Um, our advancement system I love because it's wide open. And really, w- our viewpoint towards gaming is that the game is yours. You should be able to play the character you want, play the way that you want. So we'd really try to make all those options possible. So our advancement system is completely wide open. You really get to advance your character however you really want to. We basically kept enough rules in there to enough structure to keep the game on the rails without going completely crazy and that's it and you make whatever you want so we really that was our goal we also put in three different rule sets because we realized not everyone wants the same complexity of games some people want a super uh tactical game with all the nitty-gritty little rules so we have a strategic rule set that's got all that stuff then we have a uh stock rule set which is uh probably pathfinder light a little bit but still a very robust rule set uh pathfinder pathfinder light and we also came up with the flip and fight rule set which is super streamlined and really you could use a deck of cards you flip a card it tells you succeed or fail and we made that one the bonuses go from plus two to minus two and we made it where all three of these rule sets can play in the same game we're gonna be starting up a kind of... go ahead I, and i apologize for interrupting i, I can no see that is a very tricky to do very very complex yes. i imagine that was pretty you know work intensive but i can also see like that's really really cool to give people that accessibility like i was i was almost going to call that last one you mentioned like dad mode because, <laughs> exactly. Like for me, like um, something some like Fifth Ed is about as complex as I want a game to be. Like I could, I could handle a little bit more complexity in, in the right group as long right. as I'm not trying to run it. 
Well, it's you know, it's, for us, fifth edition for us is kind of painfully simple, and That's we've right. been play, we, but we've been playing for. 25 years so you know and we we and don't get me wrong we actually really enjoy fifth edition we still have one or two fifth edition campaigns to get our whole table now dm so we rotate the games we're running but when we're not running uh carbine jungle right now we run fifth edition it's fun we enjoy it just there's a lot of stuff that they fifth edition really went for simplicity and campaign continuance and it's not Mm. really bad choices and they're they're really easily accessible but at the same time it if you want something that's a bit more robust, it can really start to feel a bit dry. And that's that's my only complaint about 5th edition. Um, like okay. our flip and fight rule set that we built in, um, you, you mentioned dad mode. I mean, I got I have two kids. I have a three-year-old. I have a six-year-old. Actually, both of my kids have autism, so language is a difficult thing for them. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that we're going to be playing together, and that's how they're going to start. Um, I'm actually having my brother, uh, who's, uh, who's 40 years old but has never played a, a tabletop role-playing game in his life. He's actually going to join us in a campaign in a couple of weeks, and we're going to start him with the flip and fight rules. So everyone's going to be running their full-on characters and you know we're all going to be using uh normally we game with somewhere a little bit we, it's a stock rule set and we we grab a few of the strategic rules that we like and pull them in and we don't use all of them because a couple of them we, we put in rule sets for that could possibly drag the game if you really want to go that route but if you want to have all those little details and you have to worry about all the little details do so but um yeah, we're gonna be right. running ours that's like you know half stock half strategic my brother's gonna be using flip and fight and he's gonna be playing the exact same game as us and he'll do all the same role playing and everything else it works just fine the all that really matters is that and once he gets comfortable with it he's gonna be able to transition into the more complicated character so it's gonna that be a is, pretty fun time that is very cool like that's a, that's a really cool accessible thing because i mean there's this um and I don't want to necessarily bring attention to, um, you know, shitty bad faith actors in, in, our, in the TTRPG <laughs> okay. space. But there is a webcomic where, you know, they invite a person to play at the table and the person's like, look, this is all just a bit too difficult. Why are you excluding me? And like, well, this is how we always play. But having that like multiple accessible levels of that system, that means you absolutely sidestep so many things and actually just give people a chance to say, you know, someone who's an absolute, I've, I've never even looked at a D20. Yeah. A chance to come in and say, Hey, I want to be part of this. And dude, that's really cool. Yeah. No, my, um, my, and, uh, if my I brother-in-law, say, his, go ahead. I, I could also tell your dad, cause you got a cat boy sticker over your shoulder. There. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually in my little brother's room or my little brother. My, I'm in my son's room right now. So it's able to, kind of it's, it's kind of like my office whenever i'm doing an interview it's the, the place where okay. i can usually get a little bit of quiet fair enough yeah no, um i recently we ran a game in uh using the dungeon world system this was maybe like three years back and it was um my niece it was the first time she ever played any role-playing game and jumping mm-hmm. her straight even into fifth edition and she was i think i want to say about eight and jumping her into fifth edition would have been tough but she wanted to learn how to play because her dad's her dad started playing with us a few years back and you know, it was it was a really cool thing because we got her into a Dungeon World game where basically I made the whole storyline re- revolve around Disney characters, and I actually mixed in um, some random Harry Harry Dresden villains just because it was funny, and you know, her dad caught all the Dresden references. She had no idea, but it was fun. So, but you know, we have this game going, and 
you know, Dungeon World, if you take a look at all of the all of the powered by the apocalypse systems, they're great introduction systems. And there's a lot of value to that. And you can get people into the game and have a lot of fun with it without them being drowning in rules. And that has to be something's available. And we wanted a system where you could introduce people without drowning them in rules. But you could also give people a very robust game on top of that at the same time and also not feel like, well, I'm switching systems. Now I have new characters and everything else. Just transfer your character from one system to the other. And we gave rules for that, too. So anytime you're ready to promote a character up, you just go ahead and do it. Very cool. Um, to, to be I – don't, I don't know. I, um, I do not wish to be needlessly reductive or anything like that. But it sounds like what you've done is said, right, what are all the problems – here okay can we solve all of them well that's yeah. all if you're gonna do something try and <laughs> do it right amazing. so that's, that's the attempt I, I mean... I, i'm legitimately blown away because <laughs> to be able to say like we've sold excessive we've, we've sold large areas of accessibility that's really cool um when, solve when is a strong the... word but i think okay, we gave okay. a good shot at it and i think <laughs> we i think we did build something that people are going to enjoy and be able to get in with a with a, a simplified system you know That's and cool. we are uh, like right now carbine jungle is a sci-fi fantasy system because we want it to be wide open we want to be able to build we, we found that to be the setting with the least amount of restrictions you could basically make almost anything in it so that's why we went with that route but we plan on going through and building systems that are going to be also straight fantasy to get uh, people that are interested in more of that style of world one thing i want to build is uh, actually is going to be basing off that game i did with my niece for dungeon world but i want to build a thing called kingdoms of magic where basically all the different character types and archetypes and everything are they're basically designed so you can make characters from kids kids movies from you know uh, pixar disney dreamworks all the stuff all those different things that have came out that the kids all the characters that they love have an rpg where they could actually build those characters and go run around a world that's completely filled with all that type of shenanigans and i think that'd be fun and i was going to build out a whole thing on the flip and fight system so you can get kids playing in a world that they would enjoy that's all the stuff that they love and you know, with a system that's accessible to them. So that's that's one of our projects that's kind of down the line that we're looking forward to. Have you looked at power outage? Because that's a really, really cool system for uh, parents of small children. Because all it says is, it. what does the kid want to do? Okay, great. <laughs> cool. Here are some like you know, here, here are some basic dice roll stuff that you can use so they can do whatever they want. That, that's what it should be. I mean, really. I mean, Absolutely, the man. game Amen. system. A game system should just make it easier to do what you want in the game, and it should not get in the yeah. way. It should give you guidelines to do what you want. So that that's what we wanted. You know, we we wanted intense combat with lots of abilities. For we wanted to have a little bit more grinding combat. So we came up with an injury system, so you actually could rack up several different injuries that kind of. They, they hold on to you a bit. So as you're going through the game, if even though your hit points get back up to full, you're walking around with a limp, you're, you're moving a little bit slower, you got penalties to your ocular sensors or whatever it is because you took a concussion. And those things take a little bit longer we want and you know that's the same thing we really enjoyed that type of thing and also if a player's like oh, i don't like that it feels like this game's slowing down it's like we'll skip it you know i mean that's we're very big on you know if you buy our rule book it's your game it's not ours you make it however your table wants and so go through and do it so you're, you're not customize everything you're not going to kick the door in if people are playing your game wrong there, there's you i'm a firm believer that you can't play a game wrong I don't even think okay. it's possible. So bold you, statement. I do like it. I, I really <laughs> if you're you're playing a game, man, you know it's. Um, 
I don't mean that I'm saying this next I'm saying this next statement with the most respect possible. We are adults playing make believe. And I 100% respect that. I think it's awesome. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, when you go through and you're doing a role-playing game, you're building an entire universe. You're building a galaxy. You're you're going through and fleshing out characters and story and all these other things. And you're interacting with other people and building something together that's beautiful. Um, it's a great thing. And I don't think there's a wrong way of doing it. If everyone at your table is enjoying themselves, you're doing it right. Regardless of anything else, if everyone at your table is enjoying it, you're doing it right. So go out and have fun and pick up something that's going to help you have fun. And, you know, if you, if you ever if you ever go to our website and read the About Us page, we have a little cheesy message where we actually believe that gaming can be used to bring people together and help make the world a better place. And we, we really do believe that. You know, it's, it's not going to fix the world's problems, but it can make it a little bit better. And, you know, we, we like that about it. And that's part of the reason we're getting into all this is to be able to go through and put stuff out there that makes the world a little bit more fun. That, that, that is that is admittedly extremely true. Like I got into D&D and whatnot like two years ago or so. Sorry, I got back into D&D about two years ago or so because I, I played second edition with a whole bunch of people like with my older brother and then people at high school and whatnot. I had to, had to step away from it for lots of things. Um, but coming back to it and it's like, okay, in two years I have made at least a dozen very, very good friends. And these are people from very different backgrounds and very different circumstances and different countries to me. And it's one of those things that I look at and think, this is so good for bringing together people who otherwise probably never would have even said hello to each other. Yeah. No, online game is actually something that – because we, we are – I've actually never done a game online. It's something I kind of want to get into because we – no, I, I, well, we've always had a crew. So we we were one of those fortunate people that we've always had a crew where we've been able to play. So it's never been one of those things where I had to go through and, and get it together. So when you look at this, it's when I finally started looking at the online gaming thing, you already had this huge, robust community that's just amazing. And you have all these people doing all this stuff out there. And it's it, it's really cool, man. We got so much – we have like a kind of a role-playing renaissance going on right now where you got all this different stuff and coming up. You have people making new systems. You got uh, podcasts everywhere showing people different ways yeah. to play. You got guys like you talking <laughs> about it and sharing Thank the you. word. And it's it's a very cool time to be a gamer. It really, really is. And, and there's things like Critical Role as well. And that's – I find oh, Critical Role to be one of those weird things where it suddenly it's like, okay, when did we suddenly become cool? <laughs> when the hell did we cross that line? It was when not was when that, I was in high school. When, when but, did you know, we cross okay. that Rubicon? When the hell? Like, I can remember being in high school and just getting the absolute shit hassled out of me for being into this thing. And now it's like, I, I tell people at work I play Dungeons and Dragons, and several of them are like, oh man, I've always wanted to play. Yeah, I'm starting to actually get that response, which is interesting because that never happened before. So I, I don't know. It's uh, I really don't want to ever blame the Big Bang Theory for making us cool because I I know it didn't. Um, um, you you got a lot of things though. Okay, well you. you it's actually started to show up more in media. You had the Big Bang Theory. You had Community. Um, I think Stranger Things actually did a lot for it, which was actually kind of an yeah. empty little thing too. Um, and I think you had a little bit of exposure from those where people, when things like Critical Role did pop up, they started to actually look at it and pay attention when they might have ignored it before. And really, if you look at it's a fun thing to do. 
you get a bunch of people together that ha- enjoy themselves, have a really good time, and they have a game that they're playing, and it's entertaining. And if you like story, which we're human, so basically everyone really likes story, yeah. you usually have a good time. So I, yeah, I think a we've had a lot of stuff that kind of opened it up. Are you much of a Terry Pratchett fan? I haven't read enough of Terry Pratchett. I haven't read as much okay. as I'd like. I've gotten a little bit of Discworld. Um, I did uh, Good Omens, which was, uh, I believe, yeah, Pratchett I th- I think and Gaiman. I think everyone's done Good Omens now. Um, Pratchett has this well, wonderful saying. I read, it before the, I read it before the Amazon series. And it was I know. Bo- I, 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 we all read it before it was cool. I dig. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I got to yeah. Pratchett through, through Gaiman, though, I guess is more of what I'm saying. I, I, okay. I, they, I went the other way. <laughs> Which is so fair. I'm, I'm more about puns and dad jokes than, than sexy otherworldly beings. But hey, they're good too. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, Pratchett has this thing that he said that, look, we shouldn't call ourselves homo sapiens, the wise man, because really what we are is Pans Naran, the storytelling ape. And I, I, I kind of, yeah, okay. I, I kind of like where he's going. It's like, look, you know, stories are primal to us. These are important. They are how we build who we are. Like a wonderful example of narrative in, in, in humanity is like almost every culture has a big scaly creature. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm, I wouldn't say dragon because the Australian indigenous people don't have a dragon. They have the rainbow serpent. Uh, Middle Americans have the uh, Quetzalcoatl, Europeans with dragons. I'll absolutely call it a dragon. I just think you have to be careful with your definition of dragon and don't just yeah. confine dragon to kind of what we think of from European mythology. But um, yeah, so big, if you if you take if you step thing. back from that one, if you take your ste- if you step back from that, a lot of the baggage that comes with that word, you you have dragons everywhere. You also have vampires everywhere, which is interesting. Those are the dragons, yeah. vampires, and the flood are three of the most common. Um, mythology things that are out there that just they're widespread in almost every single mm. um, society. I love mythology, by the way, so <laughs> which also helps with this because you know it's, if you're going to build a world, go take a look at what's take a look at what's out there, man. But you know that's that that's the whole thing. Though you're right, though story is a huge part of people's lives, and okay. that's part of what I like about this is we're building stories with story in NorCal Mythos. Now th- this is a um, a thing that I find one of the things I, I do not like about D and D is the very very binary system of the D twenty. Okay. Now I think that also comes down to the dungeon master. Like you know, okay, look, it's a difficulty twelve check. You yep. rolled an eleven. I'm sorry, you got nothing. Right. It's not a system I like to subscribe to. I like to say, well, you know, you got a hint of something. Right. Um, um, or, yeah, it depends. Or, you know, well, you roll a 20, and it's like, well, you succeed beautifully, you know. Have you looked at the threshold system we put in Carbine Jungle? I did not. I will not bullshit you. <laughs> uh, no problem. It's, it's all good. The But the threshold system we put in for skills was based off the fact that there are a lot of partial successes that you're going to have. Mm. And there, there are still times when you're having a check. If you're running and jumping um, – a canyon or a gorge or whatever it is and you're jumping from building to building that's one of those things where it's like okay pass or fail because that's all there is you know you either jump or you don't you're kind of in a tough spot there the vast majority of things especially that happen in games aren't like that a lot of them involve time and effort and trying and struggling and um, part of what we built in the carbine jungle was an idea of a skill conflict where as you're going through you're going to have successes and failures and your failures don't necessarily mean you're done it just means that attempt didn't get you what you wanted and it also builds up um, 
you start to struggle. You you lose a determination point. And really what we tried to set up was there's usually a threshold to accomplish. You have to accomplish so many successes before your determination runs out. And basically when the determination runs out, it's kind of like skill health is a way to think about it. But you basically hit the point where you're so frustrated you're having a hard time even trying to do this anymore. You, you so, need your Snickers. You need to – well, that, that's why you take a short <laughs> break. You get a little determination back and you go back and try again. Yeah. So I, I, you, I also like the idea that of like a there. Uh, so, sorry to interrupt. I, I like the idea of like a partial success with jumping a gorge. Like you don't quite make it, but you might like be able to grab the wall and haul yourself. But you're up. not dead. Being not yeah. dead is huge. So, <laughs> yes, being not no, dead is huge. Very, very true. Very true. Even how, even even jumping the gorge. Well, even then, if you fill that check, it's like cool. You didn't make it all the way across. Now what do you do? It's like well, if your answer is roll over and die, then you're probably. Uh, that probably wasn't a good spot to put yourself in the game or mm. I don't know, the GM maybe shouldn't have put you in the game, that spot in the game, depending on how it is. Because having one dice roll basically means you're executed is usually a bit silly. Although I did have a time where my whole party decided that, well, no, no, we're all going to jump this gorge together holding hands. And then so if one of us rolls a one, we all die. It's like, you know what, guys, I can't I can't save you if you decide <laughs> to do this. So uh, but, you know, in general, you, you though, it's, to push the button, Mark, self-destruct. I don't well, yeah, know what like you exactly you're so now, you're okay. trying, so now you, you didn't make it. So now you're clinging to the side, which means you're starting to fall. So what's the rest of your party doing? How are they trying to help you? What else can you happen? So, you know, hmm. always keep everything going and try and see what happens. And really, honestly, in general, a lot of the stuff, if you could role play it out, do so. But, you know, and, and again, really we want to make it to where whatever you like for your table is what your table's going to do. You know, if your table wants to just go through, it's like, I don't want to bother with talking. I'd rather just roll real quick, have a diplomacy check and be done with it. Um, for us, it wouldn't be di- diplomacy, be convinced, but same idea. If that's what your table wants, do so. You know, I mean, if if your table wants to go through and just basically go goblin smashing, it's like, feel free to go goblin smashing. If you, if you guys just want to get together and vent and that's what's going to make you happy, go do your game. And that that's awesome. And, you know, if you want something more complex, do that too. But we really try to get it all in there for whatever you like. I, I will confess, um, I, I'm now tempted to get your system and play in a universe based on... Uh, do you listen to a lot of metal? A lot of metal? Yes. Uh, not recently. Okay, cool. Um, there's a band called Gloryhammer, and their third album is called <laughs> Legend from Beyond the uh, Galactic Terror Vortex. You need to talk to Nick. Well, you know, from from NorCal Mythos. If you're talking to Nick, he's he's more up on more modern metal. Okay. So, uh, I, I invite people to go just check out the Wikipedia that summarizes. Like it just, it's a metal album that's a grand, beautiful, stupid space opera that made me think. That's awesome. You guys have been playing D and D for a few years too long in this campaign, and you didn't know where to go. <laughs> so you went to alternate realities where the main, where one of the characters has to get a like an enchanted jetpack to recharge his magic hammer. It's like, okay, all right, cool. But now I want to run a campaign set in that world. <laughs> Shit. Do and so. this system I mean, sounds like a little Carbine work. Jungle, the mythology in Carbine Jungle is basically you can make any world you want. I mean, we, we really tried to set it up where you can make any world you want. Really still haven't fit into the canon. Uh, we actually just entered uh, Sound Ninja is running a um, anime game design company, and we're actually going to be putting a anime based or anime style world into Carbine Jungle. Uh, we're, we're 
kind of doing that over the next few months as part of this uh, game design competition he's doing. So that should be kind of fun. So we're, we're going to see cool. how that ends up looking and what those different archetypes are going to look like. And we're going to have a nice little mythology for this whole planet and everything else that develops separately from the other cultures in Carbine Jungle and has a completely different feel to it. So we're going to have a little we're having a little bit of fun with that right now. Everyone has big hair and big eyes. I don't know about that, but you know, and we're gonna have beautiful a- abs, <laughs> <laughs> just stunning. Oh uh, well, yeah, the abs have to be there. I think that's a rule. I think that's yeah, like yeah. established. But you exactly. know, you take a look at most. If it's not a, you take a look at most fantasy uh, artwork that they have too. If it's not a dwarf, it basically has abs anyway, and sometimes the dwarfs do. So uh, it's, and I want to say that the, the second the second the top half of the face goes in shadows and the eyes glow, well, you're screwed. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, if you actually go through, do it. Pick up Carbide Jungle. Start making a world. Let us know about it. I'd love to see what you make. It'd, uh, it'd be fun. Cool. Um, speaking of that, who are um, some contemporary designers that you look at and go, shit, that dude, that person has it working? Who who, who would your favorites be? Oh, I don't know. It's, to say contemporary designers hard. I mean, it's... You, there, there's a lot of awesome systems that are out there right now, and I I, I don't even get a chance to play all of them. So that's it, it's tough. I don't really like going through and leaving people out. You got a lot of cool stuff going on. I mean, Pathfinder they they they've done good work for years. D and D does good work, and they've done good work for years. I mean, there's a reason they're still around and have such a huge market share. They make good stuff. Uh, Chaosium, I, I really like a lot of the stuff that they're putting out. I mean, these are kind of like obvious answers, but you know. It, <laughs> there's a reason no, to be successful right. Fa- fantasy flight games i mean uh their star wars system and this is the problem i haven't played it yet but everything i've heard about it i want to go play the game so i uh, i can confirm their legends of the five Rings system is pretty cool a friend of oh, mine man, played I've, me I've through there so many good things about this that it's i, we, I had a good uh, had... long talk with mildra about that and um who's another one of the guys on twitter and yeah mm-hmm. man he's was he had me convinced that i need to pick it up and take a look the the character building system itself is stunning it takes much much longer than fifth ed but it's really really beautifully narrative based and we you know myself and, and two other dudes you know, he, he the, one of my friends was running us through like the intro thing, and I think we had five sessions, and it was all social. Yeah. No one drew a weapon, but a lot of dice were rolling, a lot of things were on edge, and it had a really good balance of like, you know, oh cool, and oh shit. <laughs> well, as it should. I don't know. I mean, it's like with Carbine Jungle. It's it's the first game I ever played where I ran sessions and didn't have one fight. And we, you know, nice. we'd play for four hours and have a great time. And we'd go through in those four hours and we wouldn't have a fight. We'd have planning. We'd have a, we'd have plannings. There was robberies. There's all kinds of nifty stuff that happened. But it didn't have to be combat to be entertaining. And I, for us, yeah, I that agree. was something that was a must. And at the same time, like we played Fate where, you know, you didn't need combat to be entertaining. But the combat wasn't always all that entertaining either, which was kind of the drawback there. And we, so we really wanted to make sure that we had both those things. We want to make sure you had you, – if you don't have a fight in the game, you don't feel like you're missing something. And when you do get into a fight, you know you're in a fight and it was fun and it was entertaining combat because, you know, I mean a big part of this is just being able to go there and have all these great adventures and do some amazing stuff that is you know, borderline impossible. Okay. Can, can I ask how do you keep the not fight fun? Because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say, I am not a fan of dungeon crawls. Right. 
because I find that kind of drag to be just like, okay, we're fighting again. Why can't we talk to someone? <laughs> to be honest, the first time I ever ran a dungeon crawl was about four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I played D&D for 20 years without doing one dungeon crawl. Because the way that I learned to play D&D was very sandbox and very wide open. And when we would get into a dungeon, almost everything was wide open. The dungeon would end up having like four rooms and that would be it. Because mm-hmm. it was just it would be like, yeah, you wander around for whatever. Then you find something meaningful and then we do that room. So I, I dungeon crawl is kind of a new thing for me. But um, at the same time, like you just make sure that you have encounters in there that are because we in carbine jungle we don't call them encounters call them conflicts just because it's seemed a little bit more accurate we're we're also english nerds so (laughs) i mean i'm an eighth grade english teacher my buddies taught english at uh, a local college so i mean you know we're sitting there when we're coming up with how we're designing carbine jungle we we really went to and looked at um what would be proper accurate terms for these things or would be you know more better descriptive and really it's a conflict and conflict Mm -hmm. you look at a story most of the best conflicts don't involve fights. Most of the best conflicts in a story involve people. So mm-hmm. you set up conflicts that involve people. You know, you, you go down the line and almost you, you pick up your favorite book, even the action packed books. A lot of the best scenes don't involve people going through and attacking each other. They involve the stuff that happens outside of that where things are being discovered or things are being um, negotiated or you, you have all these different reasons that people are wanting to do things and you explore those and you, you dive into those. And like I said, we built a skill system that was meaningful. So that way, when you're going through and doing this, you can use your abilities and you can be successful with it and you can infiltrate and you could explore and you could go through and negotiate and all those things still had value. So to, to ask more about that skill set, I guess is what I'm getting at to say, okay, well, cause D and D um, has got, you know, persuasion, deception, I sometimes wish it had a sincerity skill, but I guess you could say, well, that's persuasion, Josh. Like, that's what that is. Well, so, yeah, some stuff gets lumped in. For sincerity, we probably use presence. Uh, okay. So we broke up our skill set. We have seven attributes, and we broke up our skill sets to kind of really, I thought, kind of reflect what people can do with them. And even then, there's, you still have times where it's like, well, is this really this kind of skill? It's like, yeah, it'll work. And then you just kind of go with what's going to work because – if we, you'd have to break it down to thousands of things to really try and get an accurate skill set. So you have to lump a little bit, and that's fine. But I don't <laughs> yeah, you know. played second edition AD and D. You you remember what it's like to have way too many damn skills. Oh yeah, I also remember with DMing my cousin who just maxed out. Uh, he, he had like a level twelve rogue that maxed out uh, pickpocketing. And basically could walk into the crown room, rob everybody there. And he's like – his percentage of success was like 200 and something. I mean it was yeah, nuts. It's, it's at, like, at that point, you're the Waco kid. <laughs> no, there, there's no way. It's like it doesn't matter what a, a thing – it's like, dude, you have like a negative 150 percent of this. It's like I do it anyway. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was fun. It was you know fun nonsense but yeah. But I mean it's – you know you, you at least when we're going through and we're running it, you, you build the session around where combat's not needed. And you make sure that the conflicts are there. You make sure that the story is there where people are going through. And you make sure that they matter. Whether they succeed or fail in this situation has to matter. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that conflict is re- or um, that combat is really easy with. If you fail in combat, it's obvious. You're dead. So the stakes there are super clear and you don't have to manufacture them. And when you're doing skill conflicts, things that don't involve fighting, you have to impose that same type of urgency – with the actions the players are doing and this is the me as a dm talking here but you have to impose that same type of urgency with the actions the players are doing 
to make it matter where it feels just as important as combat. And if the importance is there, usually the gameplay stays fun. And that's that's what I found mm. with running games. So. No, no, I'd agree. I mean, I, I've also found that uh, I, I'm in a lot of groups that have managed to do that thing to our DM where the DM is ready for us to burn down a city or just murder everyone. And then we're like... What if we uh, what if we didn't burn this down, and what if we talked our way through? And I mean, look, I, I think a system should always be ready for arson and not arson. <laughs> yeah. I think that's good. Um, but I, I always do find it kind of funny when the DM certainly has like a level of expectation, like you guys are going to burn this to the ground. I've called it Tinder Town. There are oil barrels, oil barrels <laughs> everywhere, and then the party's like. What if we don't? <laughs> and, and I just oh, kind of love watching the DM react like, oh, I wanted you to burn it down. I, I learned a long time ago that whatever plan I come up with, my players are going to destroy. One of my favorite ones, I ran a campaign a few years ago. And this was 5th edition. Like I said, I, I enjoy 5th edition. It's, it's a fun system. But um, I had a whole espionage um, uh house war kind of a thing where you had different uh, houses and nobility that were going to be conflicting with each other. I was going to throw the party in the middle of it, get them aligned with one of the houses, dealing with all this spy stuff and secrets and backstabbing. And I walked up to the first player. It's like, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to eat, drink, be merry, and go smash goblins. It's like, oh, okay. Well, we'll work that out. And the other, ask the other players, like, what do you want to do? It's like, I hate pirates. I just want to kill pirates. I want to kill lots of pirates. It's like, uh, okay. And I talked to my wife who was in that campaign. I said, well, what do you want to do? It's like, uh, I'm remaking my Sorcerer Jade. I just want to blow everything up. And I'm like, well, okay. So everything that I wanted to do for this whole campaign I was going to plan is not what any of you want to do. So I kind of scrapped the whole campaign in a way. But I basically made all of that stuff that I was planning the backdrop for the campaign while they went through and established trade routes. And went, they went – they we were they got aligned with one of these houses. And after they got aligned with the houses, they were out establishing trade routes, which means they're killing monsters along the road. And then they're on a boat and they're fighting pirates. And I had them doing all the things that they wanted to do. And Jade was blowing everything up. And she had some of the best intimidation checks Oh man, it was. She had some stuff in there that was great, which is just awesome. <laughs> but you know, you had all this different stuff that happened that was just perfect, and it was thoroughly enjoyed. It was just absolutely nothing that I wanted to do with my original plan, so I just switched all my plan to be the backdrop. So they still had a great story. The story was still there, just as they were going through, they're finding seeds of the story as opposed to diving into the story. So we're still able to do a lot of the same stuff and have a lot of the same NPCs and a lot of the same good game. Just, you know, you, you have to adjust. And yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't really have a problem with players ruining my plans. It just, you kind of figure out a way to just make it a good time anyway, and it don't matter. Okay. Now, um, I do have a question from the Twitters. Um, okay. This is uh, from a friend of mine, Jacob, who plays in one of my you know, one of my usual weekly groups. Um, how do you handle designing game aids? He actually has two questions. Um, how do you handle designing game aids for two different systems with very different styles at the same time? I suspect this is about your cards. And, Which um, is good because we haven't talked about them much, and I'm feeling like we. <laughs> I apologize. I'm so sorry. Uh, no sorry. I was, we're I was enjoying we're talking gaming. Um, I'm enjoying myself, but uh, yeah, I just I was thinking about that. It's like we haven't talked about the cards much, and I'm like, like yeah. I'm right here. So I'm, I'm bringing back. <laughs> and secondly, uh, how does your design? How do your designs change when you're needing to make them for both physical and digital items? Okay. Well, 
uh, for the first question, designing the two different systems, we really started these off with Carbine Jungle. And um, I got we kind of got the idea for them from going through, and there's a lot of different cooperative games out there, or semi-cooperative games are kind of fun, like Betrayal in the House on the Hill, Dead of Winter, we started playing some of those. Also, Munchkin, if you never played, it's just a bunch of fun nonsense. Once. And, it was enough. Once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm good. Munchkin's one of those things you're there's like, oh, that's fun, or it's just like, dude, that was dumb. But it's... It, We've had fun with it. I actually just picked up a Ninja Turtles munchkin, which I am thoroughly looking forward to playing as uh, Michelangelo and just going through a nunchuck and everything. But you, you have a lot of these different games where you have cooperative gameplay. And the thing that frustrated me about them was like, well, this this is cool. It's like almost like a role-playing game, but it's not. And that was the only drawback to them. They're fun games, but they're just streamlined. So hmm. when we went through and we're taking a look at Carbine Jungle, we really wanted to be like, well, you know what? Let's add games in there. Let's add things you can do when you don't have a DM or someone doesn't want a DM or they're just kind of burnt out a little bit. Yeah. And we actually, if you take a look in the Carbine Jungle rulebook, there's, we have, I think it's four different scenarios that are designed to be run without a DM. And um, we design them to work with cards, like the ones that we're selling, or to just use lists and tables that are there in the book and use those to actually go through and run it. So there's nothing requiring you to actually go through and buy the deck to use the scenarios in the book. But when we're going through and doing that, we realized, no, we could actually just make it, uh, card decks are going to work real well. This is actually the, the Hades 8B deck that we have is mm -hmm. based off the abandoned uh, compound game that's actually in Carbine Jungle book. And it's the deck that was designed to use with that. And when you look at that, we went through and we really just um, basically went through and figured out, all right, what do you need to actually go through and to run a game? And these are obviously going to be dungeon crawls because you're, you know, we're not going to be able to do a whole lot of negotiations. Although there are NPCs you can negotiate with, just the NPCs are going to tell you all the responses on the card. So it's pretty straightforward and pretty simple. So there isn't really going to be this big thing where you're going to have lots and lots of role playing because you can't. You can't replace a DM completely, be able to do that. But what you can do is um, go into have a situation that you have to address, go through a bunch of rooms, deal with different conflicts in each room that uh, challenges the party differently every single time, face different monsters every time you play it, and eventually reach a boss fight that is going to be different every time you play it and get different loot every time you play it. And you can do all of this stuff with a full RPG character while leveling that character together and having a good time. So we really want to make sure that you know we went through and we built something for that. And when we went through and uh, put the cards together, we found that, well, really, we we're building them for Carbine Jungle, and we realized, well, we could do this for 5th edition, too. And that was kind of just where it came from. The 5th edition was almost kind of like an accident, and we started taking a look at it. And 5th edition, in a lot of ways, is a simpler system, and 5th edition yes. also has a lot bigger market. Um, you know, we have, like I said, we have like a thousand different uh, products out through Drive Through RPG, which is awesome. But... Fifth edition has what is it like ten million people playing it now? To some extent, I mean it's it's pretty huge. So the number of people, much larger market. We thought, you know, let's see what we could put together, and we started putting together the decks for fifth edition, and they worked, and it worked well. And um, there's actually, by the way, uh, fifth our fifth edition deck is called Chiron's Keep, and the story behind it is you have a old keep, an old temple that has been abandoned that was recently rediscovered, and it has a very very long and horrible history of things that have happened there. And there's a lot of storyline reasons for that, so I'm not going to get into a lot of the different details, but as you go through the keep, you go into there and you realize that the keep has a lot of problems that you are dealing with, that some of which are 
greater than the small problem that you thought you were facing and you realize the keep is going through and trying to twist you too. And as you go through the keep, you again, go through different storylines and how we designed the cards was, um, and this is part of where that you, you mentioned the online part to the deck, the card part, the, the cards have the, the information for two things. And like, if you take a look at our conflict cards, all of our conflict cards are two sided. And mm-hmm. what we did on our conflict cards or encounter cards for the D&D part is on one side, it's going to have a general conflict that you can use in any situation. So after you've gone through all the different storylines, if you want to keep using the cards, you can. You just use the general conflict and apply it to whatever type of setting you want. Just go have some fun. Um, the other side has a specific storyline on it. And that storyline is going to reveal different secrets to keep as you're going through. You're going to deal with different issues. Um and that's going to be specific to the story that you are playing currently. So each deck has one story that's going to be uh, printed directly on the cards. Now, mm-hmm. you mentioned the digital part. Well, we're also made an app. And the app that we're making – or making an app. But yeah, uh, <laughs> the app that we're making is going to go through and have additional storylines for every deck. And um, right now, every deck's going to have at least three storylines. There's at least uh, seven storylines per System. So the, the 5e system has seven different storylines that you can have if you get all three deck of cards. There's um, two storylines that are each specific to a deck and one that's shared. Um, mm-hmm. If we hit our stretch goal of, I think, $5,000, we're going to be adding another storyline to each deck. We'll get you up to eight total storylines, and we'll see how that goes. So we're hoping we're going to get there. And you go through all these different storylines that reveal more and more information, more secrets, more dark history about what happened to keep till you finally figure out what's going on and hopefully have a chance to try and put it down for good. And that's the goal. And hey, this AB is a little bit – go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to ask, have you looked at, like, say, um, putting the cards on things like uh, Roll20 or Fantasy Battlegrounds? The Roll20 and Battlegrounds we have not done yet, and that's something we're kind of interested That, Like I said, we're, we've been gaming a long time, but online gaming is kind of new to us, so that's not something we even got I into. And one thing do I do know get... someone that okay. um, we uh, that worked with the uh, the Wombat Rescue Project that I was a part of. Um, that she, I believe it is, um, did the transition of that thing to Fantasy Battlegrounds, so I, I'll pass her details on if you'd like. That'd be cool because well, we want to get Carbine Jungle on these things too. I mean that would be the first thing that we – Carbine Jungle is a system we really want to get on there. Um, getting the cards on there would be cool too. I have no problem with that. Just it's not something that we've looked into yet. We're kind of kind of taking it step by step. So right. the online gaming thing, like I said, it's, we're, we're catch, we're put, for gaming, we're good. For, <laughs> for writing, we're good. Um, for online gaming, that's kind of what we're playing catch up on. It's like I, I know more about – I, I teach coding. I teach English. I teach three English classes at the middle school I work at, and then I teach uh, technology for the other three. So I teach HTML and JavaScript and game design and making websites to a bunch of crazy eighth graders, which is a lot of fun. And so I actually know more about game design and web page design than I actually know about Roll D Twenty, which is kind of a weird place to be in. So, <laughs> but yeah, more information that would be great. All right, but, so I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll ask that person and say, hey, look, is it okay if I pass your name on to yourself? Just to yeah, make sure. Oh, I appreciate it. But yeah, nice. it's, but, um, yeah, so when we're taking a look at it, though, we went through and we want to make the apps where you could have multiple different storylines because you can only fit so much on a card. 
And we saw no reason to basically make it because you have so much, you know, since you can only fit so much in a card, then why should that just stop you from being able to do more? Because there's more story that we could put in there. So we decided to use the app to make it more reusable. Also, by the way, if you don't like using an app and you're even, you know, it's like, I don't know World D20. Other people like, I don't want to deal with an app. And the app's going to be pretty simple, mind you. But if someone doesn't want to bother with that, we're also going to put all the stuff that's in the app into a PDF file too. So if a person, okay. if they'd rather just go through the PDF and use tables and searches or whatever, or print out the PDF and just have that and flip to a page, that's totally an option. You know, you like I said, play how you want to play, not how we tell you to play. Play how you want to play. So if you want to use a PDF instead of the app, that's cool. We're also, by the way, giving um, a PDF copy of all the cards so that you could print out eight by um, eight and a half by eleven, just print out a full sheet paper of all the maps. So if you want to use miniatures with it and just pull out the full map, go and use miniatures, play some where you want, run it. You know, that's kind of the whole idea. I mean, <laughs> it, it also sounds like something you could like for you in your home game, like change a couple of details. It's like, hey, we're not going to play through this instead of that. Or, you know, even just like substitute a few details like between them almost. Oh, I, my favorite way to use the cards is actually as a DM tool. I like running games. I'm, <laughs> I've been, I've been a DM for a long time. I enjoy it. But I mean, I, I don't know. I posted a thing on Twitter a month or so back when we were talking about this because I walked over to my buddy Nick's house and I was like, hey, who's DM? And like, we we're actually, we we're going to be playing Carbine Jungle, but we still say DM just because, you know, I mean, when we talk, it's Tradition. funny. It's like, it, it, we start texting each other and heckling each other usually Thursday to see who's going to make it to the game. It's like, so D&D tomorrow? And it's like, most of the time we don't play D&D anymore, but we still call it D&D. It's just kind of vernacular, yeah. you know? But, um, you know, I, so, so who's running the game tonight? And he's like, oh, you are. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, you're five minutes late and you run the game. He's like, oh, great. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so what about Richard? He's like, Richard can't make it. It's like, what about Nick? He's like, Nick's on, and, you know, like Nick's on baby duty and Nick, Nick holds up his one-year-old baby. It's like, well, yeah, man, that's real tough to trump, man. I got nothing. So I actually pulled out um, the prototype mission deck that we had for, you know, Carbine Jungle and went through and I came up with a story that kind of fit the characters who were able to make it because we were short a couple of people and we ran a session in the campaign that I was running. There's just kind of like a little side mission. I used the deck and it's about five minutes of prep and it was a great time. And, you know, they, they I, actually I, I, I will really, say really I support I support any tool that is a, a low prep tool. Now, I'm Chance, I, I apologize. I've got time for one more quick question. Okay. And this is a standard question I ask everyone. Fair enough. Well, you know, I, I changed the name, of course. Uh, how does Chance take care of Chance? I don't. Uh- okay. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> that was a quick answer. Thank oh, you. Oh man. Oof. Um, I, I teach full time. We're we're starting up NorCal Mythos and getting this game system going. Uh, I got two kids that I'm raising. Um, I enjoy making. You know, the thing is, I don't have a lot of free time for anything. It's like you, you mentioned Critical Role, and I can't get deep into Critical Role just because I can't find time to sit down to watch three hour yeah. episodes, which is tough. So I've, I've watched a bit of it, and I love it. It was great. It was fun. But it's just finding the time for that's nuts. But the thing is, I also do love what I do. So when I'm doing car- when I'm doing game design, I'm enjoying myself. When I'm teaching, I'm enjoying myself. When I spend time with my kids, I'm enjoying myself. So I guess I take care of myself by making sure that what I'm spending my time on is stuff that I enjoy anyway. Because I, I don't get any free yeah. time. So the time that's spent is still good. Yeah. No, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I've- I've got two kids. They're a bit older than yours, so uh, I, I can. And, and I've had a teenager living in my house for almost a year now, so I can I can confirm they get more interesting as they get older. Oh man, uh, I I teach thirteen, fourteen year olds, so um, 
Yeah. I, good luck, man. So thanks. He's going home everyone, soon. <laughs> everyone listening, uh, Mission Decks are on Kickstarter right now. They are a great tool. Uh, Carbine Jungle, pick it up. Try the Mission Deck for Carbine Jungle. Uh, the Mission Decks for the f- 5th edition, they're a lot of fun. Take a look at it. Uh, back us, support us. You'll love it. You won't regret it. If you just want to see what they're all about, by the way, you can go to Drive Through RPG and we put a sample deck for Missions Deck. Look for Missions Deck or Chiron's Keep. You'll find it. And it's got, uh, it's considered like a level one mission deck. It's about 30 cards that could take you through a one shot. That's a lot of fun. And, okay. you know, you always get the level 21 by backing the Kickstarter. Beautiful. I was going to say, look, if you had that thing on, say, like a, a Roll 20 platform, I'd be I'd be playing that hard with with a number of groups. I think uh, that's something I'll look at then. So we'll see how it thank goes. You. All right, um, Chance. Thank you very very much for your time. I do apologize. Uh, unfortunately, I've got to go do that thing that pays the bills. That's um, important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, got to do it. Cool, um, Chance. Thank you very much again for your time. Thank you, sir. I had a great time. <laughs>